for it to go on. Starting today, the Buffalo Sabres' reason for existence will be to win a Stanley Cup. And 10 years later, here we sit. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Randy Ron Show, a special edition as I have uh, the Buffalo Sabres pregame, uh, postgame host from WGR, Brian Kozo, with me. And, of course, Mike Lindsley's with us. Um, I always forget what you're part of. Um, Mike, where are you from? What do you do? ML Sports Platter is the name of my podcast. I just jumped on as the host of the Bills Brawl as well. Been, you know, doing media for a couple of decades. Obviously, respect Brian's work a ton as well. And uh, just really great to be uh, a part of this. Uh, another complete and utter circus on the ice in Western New York, which Ranting Ron always throws the optimistic approach every single game. Hey, if they do this, if they do that, if they sweep. I mean, frankly, I just don't think that there's any positive whatsoever surrounding this franchise right now. They're the laughing stock of the National Hockey League. Yeah, I absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've. This is. I've never seen. I've never seen anything like this. And um, I know, from my feeling is, and I know, talking to the reporter, whatever they sit there and say, nope, it's the players. The players got to play. The coach, it's not the players. It's just not. We have talent on this team. This, it's the coaching. It, it's. He, it's easy lines, how he's putting them together and how he's utilizing them. I mean, we're going to have 17 minutes of Ocposo and four minutes of Skinner. I mean, the analytic guys, you know, uh, even Paul Hamilton said today, he goes, the analytics and the eye test match up. I, I, you know, I mean, you know, yesterday they played seven good minutes of hockey to start the game. And then the other four best minutes is when Skinner, Eichel, and Reinhardt played together. They were like some crazy numbers when he played together for a minute, and it must have given Kruger the hive, so he took him apart. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I think, you know, from what I witnessed this weekend, as you said about a positive spin, there was an opportunity to salvage what had been a very poor start to the season had they picked up a pair of wins against Philadelphia this weekend. Um, going in, I mean – had you won both games, you would have been ahead of the Devils, you would have been ahead of the Rangers, and you would have been within two points of the Flyers themselves. So it was there. Again, you, you know, a tall task to beat a good team twice in regulation twice, but the opportunity was there. It wasn't like there isn't enough talent that they were capable of doing it. Uh, but to not only lose twice, but to not score a goal in both games, to me that was, I mean, about as discouraging as a moment as we have this season and I would agree with a lot of what you said about the talents on the ice. If you look at the roster makeup over the last few seasons, at least when this team has a healthy roster, I would say it entered with a much uh, better look to it on paper than maybe it had over the past three, four years. Uh, I know right now they are dealing with injuries. There's still some COVID things going on, but the whole league's still dealing with that too. So you can't make that an excuse. Um, to me, what their record is and what their results are is just unacceptable with the talent that they have. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the reality 
you know, is 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 what you said, right? I mean, the, the picture, if they win against Philly twice and they – but isn't it always there, right? I mean, isn't it always – well, the opportunity's there. I mean, I mean, how many times do we say that about the Sabres? And there's, you know, the it's not good enough. We need to score more goals. Um, you know, now Kruger, the communicator – uh, is using his principles, uh, you know, tactic now uh, with the, with the Skinner situation. Um, you know, Skinner comes back, doesn't have a lot of ice time. I'm with you on the light, line changes. I mean, th- th- that Eakin line with Oposo is dreadful. Why? I mean, how is that even a thought if you're a head coach to have those three guys playing together? In addition to that, you have the agent and Skinner. And Brian, you know way more about this than I do, but, you know, a lot of different I think communication and, and maybe lines are, are not really, I mean, they're clearly not talking on the same phone or they're not, you know, in the same room or something. I mean, to, to have the agent, uh, you know, upset and, and to have Skinner upset. And, and obviously Kruger goes on your airwaves and says something, uh, and I'm paraphrasing about, you know, there being maybe an attitude problem with Skinner. I mean, look, is it the players? Sure. Is there tons of talent and they're underachieving? Of course. That goes from Eichel all the way down, Skinner, et cetera. It, it goes to Taylor Hall, who, who couldn't, you know, find uh, water if it was melted ice after a game. I mean, this, this team, sure, it, it's 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 coaching and it's the ownership and it's the GM, but it's also the players. What am I getting at? It's everything, guys. I mean, when it's like this, it's everything going that way, okay? Losing is becoming a habit in Buffalo. It's been a habit. The, the Sabres are the old Bills, okay? The, the, the current Bills winning is a habit, and, and the current Sabres losing is a habit. And, you know, I, I hate to say this again, and I know that it's probably, Brian, you may disagree with me, and I'd love to hear what you say, but, and I know that we're early in the Kevin Adams tenure, but I almost want to blow this whole thing up again, and I want to actually add a layer on top of it, and I want to ship Michael out. Because I think at this particular point, why not get a guy who is going to take charge, is going to take more responsibility, get a head coach who's going to put people with, your, you know, the right number one centerman. Um, maybe this all goes back to the tanking. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not really sure. But the reality of the situation is it's, it's layered on down, guys. I mean, this is a big, fat cake, and every single layer tastes like garbage right now. I mean, to judge Kevin Adams right now, is tough because we really don't know how much power he really has, how much spending ability he actually has. Um, You know, things that we're hearing is that the Pagulas kind of have a tight hold on him and that everything's got to go through them first. You know, ultimately you'd like to have the GM kind of have autonomy in terms of making decisions on his own. And I don't know if they're having, if he has that ability, if Kevin Adams today wanted to fire Ralph Kruger and maybe he does, I mean, there'd be an argument for it. I don't think the Pagulas would sign off on it. And I just think their financial situation being what it is, they don't want to pay another coach to not coach this team. They're paying for Phil Housley. They're paying for Rex Ryan. I mean, they're paying for a lot of people right now that don't work for this organization. They're paying Jason Bottrell. And I just think that they've got to, you know, they've got to make a decision of reining in their spending probably because of the financial situation that the world is in right now. So paying another coach to not be here beyond the fact that, you have to pay the coach that's going to replace him. Uh, I just don't see that happening. I would think that it would. It, it's going to take another couple of monumental weeks like we just saw uh, of poor play 
that it'll come to the fact that we would see a coaching change before this season ends. I just, I got to think with this season being so short, they're going to ride it to the end, whether you like it or not. I don't, I know fans don't want to hear that, but I just think it's the reality of what the Pagula owned Sis Sabres are in this situation right now. Yeah. I think Rex already came off the books, but doesn't once Housie got an assistant job, he's off the books too. I thought all, every time you get a job, you come <laughs> off the books and they did just sell their restaurant today. So maybe that's a sign that they're going to use that money to get a new coach. I don't know. <laughs> There's something amiss though up there. I, it's like it's like I keep telling myself they want to run the Sabers like they do the Bills. Find the right people, and it's luck. Believe me, I, it's not easy. People say it's, it's a lot of luck. I think when you hire somebody, Bottero came with high accolades. Housley was the hot coach that year, and we're like, all right. It's not like they were bad hires. They were just hires that just didn't work out. You know, Kruger is a bad hire. He had you know, and no, he's not a soccer coach. I'm not saying it. he's just. Wasn't around the NHL for so long. I mean, they had a chance to really do something. And I don't need a Boudreaux or a Galant or anyone like that. Find a guy who's the right guy to say, this is our team, the talent. Lindy Ruff coached over almost two decades, right? Whatever, a long time. He had a team that was, okay, we're going to win 2-1 to one every night with Hasek. We came after the lockout. He goes, hey, we can score. Lindy Ruff was able to mold himself to the team. If, our coach now doesn't seem to be able to do that. He won't let Darlene be Darlene. And it, it seems like a lot of players are, you know, and he lies about injuries apparently. And Jack calls him out yesterday. I, this is embarrassing. And speaking of Jack, I, he's not healthy like all year. There's no way. I mean, and I'm just, did, maybe he was got some of this, maybe he got sick from COVID, whatever. Like he didn't even know. Who knows? He doesn't look right. And I don't think he wants to be traded. I don't think, I don't think we'll trade him. You're never going to get back anything when you trade a player like that. It's something's wrong. And it's to me personally, Kruger doesn't know how to set lines. And that's the start of it. We could be winning more games if he would put proper line usage. I right, Brian, don't you think he's that let's start there and see what happens first? Yeah, the, the Eichel situation's intriguing because I I've been I've been thinking that there has to be something more. His preseason shoulder injury still could be an issue. I mean, his shot still is pretty lethal, but he hasn't been able to just pick the spot like he has been in previous years. Last year, when he really had a mentality of, hey, let's shoot the puck first, he really got to that. That's when the goal scoring, you know, was at his peak in terms of him being with the Sabres. This year, obviously, it's fallen off. Still only has two goals as of this moment. And he's been hitting posts. He's been obviously passing up on some times where maybe he would see him shoot in the past. So, I think a lot of it has got to be that maybe he's just not 100% confident in that shot because maybe he's not healthy. Now, in terms of Eichel, the captain, Eichel representing the franchise, are there things that I think he could be doing a lot better? I do. I don't think all the time he maybe looks or acts as if he would be the best captain. But at this point, I mean, you've got no other choice. You tanked on purpose to get him, essentially, to guarantee that you would at least get him. And... You made him the captain, so now, now you're stuck with it. And the only way out of it is to hope that he can get out of it and start playing better, or you do make that trade. It's very, very hard to trade what you'd consider to be a top 10 level player in this league that plays the center position. I think that that would, to me, be the last straw. I'd be up for a coaching change first. I would be up for maybe some other sort of different moves. If Michael at some point, though, does get fed up enough – that he is sick of being here. And I mean, that might force your hand that you have to do it anyway. And then that puts you in an even worse spot. Cause as you said, then teams know that you have to unload him. And now what you're getting in return for him probably is less. Well, and 
there's a couple of, of things I wanted to, to just quickly hit here. Uh, Brian, you make a lot of good points there. I think first on the Eichel thing where, Ron, you had just said, hey, you know, it's tough to get something back. Well, I mean, they kind of thought the same thing about Herschel Walker. I'm not saying that they're the, that they're the same. I'm not saying that they're the same sport. But sometimes if you're going to move it and you're going you're gonna to rebuild it, just just go. I mean, this Sabres team has had nothing to write home about in 10 years. They tanked, like you said, Brian, to hopefully get McDavid. They settled, obviously, for Eichel at least that piece. I mean, if, if, if you could get back, let's just say, Lafreniere, you know, Kako and Chris Kreider, I don't know. Do you not do that deal? I probably do. Just to do it, just to make some kind of we're going in a new direction and go get a head coach who's going to have – you know, the ability to mix guys together and, and have maybe your new leader, your new captain is somebody else from somewhere. We don't know who that is. That's number one. Number two is it's incredible, Ron, this, this Kruger hiring, because even though the analytics in hockey are not even close, close to baseball and, and even the NBA, for example, I mean, league wide in Buffalo, they seem to be right. Cause Kruger got hired based on his communication, being the cool dad, Right. And yet the guy can't put line lines together to, 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 to save his life. Um, and, and, and another thing about the Sabres team that drives me absolutely wild. Besides everything. Is <laughs> is when you look at the team. They have had so many moments this year where I think both of you have alluded to it that. Post here. One face-off there, and I know that's the game. One trickle puck there. Um, one one extra power play goal. Um, you know, you've, you've had that side of it, and then you've had what just happened against the Flyers twice. So, like, it, it, there's no middle ground. Like, they lose. You know how good teams, they, they find a way to win a lot of different ways. You know, like a really good baseball team can win in the regular season and the postseason. They can win 2-1. They can win 10-7 with the bullpen. This Sabre team can figure out a way to lose every possible game for whatever possible reason. And I think that is another problem as well because they can't even fix the little things. And that just – I think when you look at it and, it, and it's like and it's like that – that shows you right then and there that it, it's just a complete trickle down. I mean, from the top to the bottom, the players and the mix and, and the coaches and the communication and the coach wants defense and the defense lets, I mean, I don't even know what they're doing on defense and they're blatantly just not even anywhere near, you know, players against Philadelphia, you know, against Philadelphia, just finding their way to the net to score easy goals. So, those are some things there that I, I would allude to, but I, I don't think for one second that it should ever be thought of that even if it's Jack Eichel, who, by the way, might be a top 10 guy in the league right now, I, I don't think he is. I think he's probably outside that. I think last year he probably was, but I would list at least 10 guys, maybe 15 at this point, who I'd rather have than Jack Eichel easily. I mean, I could probably do it with you guys in a snap. And so... I don't know if it's ever possible to say, well, you couldn't get enough back if you have an outside of top 10 player in this league. I, I think you could, I th especially with the Rangers. The only way that would work, and, it, and the only trade I've ever seen work, was the uh, LaFontaine-Turzon trade. 
Um, it's a lot to in play here. I, I mean, you have like obviously the salary of Eichel and in that, but you you can't you can't throw away an entire season that most fans are on board for, and then come back and then trade them five years later. Yes, Joe Thornton was traded, Tyler Sagan was traded, Common Theme was Boston. Um, players get traded, but it's it, it's to me it comes as start with the coach that knows hockey that. You know that sits there and said a guy that told us before the season, before he was hired, he said, oh, "I talked to people and the fans. They didn't even know it was me." And then I was talking to players. I want the players to tell me how you know what, tell me what they're you know. And it doesn't seem like he was listening. I mean, because you know, it, 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 and the Skinner thing is incredible that he plays. You know, he, how's his coach? He gets forty goals playing with Jack. Now, now he doesn't put him with now. Kruger comes and doesn't even put him anywhere near Jack. And in early in the year, all of us just analysts show that uh, he was getting lots and lots of chances, lots of chances. But then somebody actually, you know, I was all about, well, hey, Skidder's why he's not scoring. But then somebody pointed out a really good thing. I, I forgot who it was. Said, sometimes though, your line mates, it, it's the, the chances are different when you play with those line mates. You know, like, you know, so and it might be a mind thing, whatever. I mean, Skinner tries hard. He's never going to be good in his own end. It's just not what he does. But we played Philadelphia back-to-back. Got shut out by two different goalies. Philadelphia gives up lots of goals. They're not good in goal. They're not really that good on defense. They just score a lot of goals, and that's how they win. We got embarrassed this weekend. And honestly, I'm so happy there's no fans in the stands. And I have a feeling for the goals that might not sell any tickets this year on purpose because it's bad. And I, it, it, and Fire and Kruger has got to be the start because if he can't figure this out, this, this season's over already, but it's, it's a joke. Well, I, I think when you look at what Kruger hasn't done, it's had flexibility. I know Paul and I talk about this all the time on the broadcast about how when you're discussing line changes and when you're discussing strategy that you want your coach to be able to adapt to the players that you have. The Sabres have a different skill set this year than they did last year and the year before that and the year before that. And, yes, a coach has an identity, but to me – if he can't make whatever he wants to do with his hockey team fit the personnel that he has, well, then he should be let go yesterday. It just doesn't make sense to have a guy with the classic square peg into the round hole mentality and to keep doing it over and over and over and over. Clearly, Jeff Skinner is not going to be successful in the spot he's in to just hope that, well, if he sits out a few games and then I put him right back to where he was before, suddenly he's going to go back to being a 40 goal scorer. Like, I just I just think that's a terrible mentality to have. I think if you wanted to send him kind of a wake-up call message to do it for one game, I guess I could argue that. But I also could have argued about 10 other players, and he hasn't sat them yet at all either for underachieving. Uh, But to do what he did this week, to let it play out the way he did, to have him skate with the taxi squad, to me, like, that was embarrassing. The night that Eichel maybe we thought was a question mark coming into warm-ups, to not have Skinner ready and available. I know they skated Tage Thompson as the extra skater that night. Well, guess what? That should have been the night that if you're a coach, you're prepared. You know there's a possibility that your top player may not play. Then Jeff Skinner's your extra forward in the skate. Even if you're still ended up, you, you still end up sitting him because you have to understand, look at I've got to be prepared for everything. And they were they were stuck in that moment. Michael comes off, says, I'm not ready. Whether you know Kruger had a hunch or not, somebody within the team knew something. Jack Eichel wasn't the only person that just all of a sudden knew after warmups that he wasn't going to be able to play. Somebody had to have known something. So you, they weren't prepared. That could have been a perfect opportunity for Jeff Skinner to play. Instead, they put in Tage Thompson, and 
Thompson does what he normally does, which is disappoint. So uh, he's not flexible enough, in my opinion. He's not prepared in some of these situations. And he, you want to put your players in the best spot to succeed. And his job at some point is to try to prop up Jeff Skinner here. Okay, you've put him down. Now how are you going to prop him up? How are you going to get his confidence back? Unless you really truly are trying to just end the tenure here with this team, which is force a trade. And, again, now you're trading a player – that has a huge contract, which means now you're dealing with a shorter hand because now you got to give up something or you're going to get less in return because you're asking a team to take on the contract. You know, we, we've been seeing this. Look, look what happened with the Rams-Lions trade with Stafford and Goff. A huge piece of that was not the players. A huge piece of that trade was that the fact that the Lions were taking Goff's contract on, and that's why they ended up getting more in return than maybe Jared Goff is actually worth. It was because they were taking on that contract. Similarly here, when you trade Jeff Skinner, they're going to have to take on an enormous contract for a player that obviously is not anywhere near what the production should be for a guy making that much money. All right. Let me ask you guys something real Oh, my God. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say two, two real quick things. Is that Number one, I mean, the Skinner contract was – I mean, I, when when he was up, I, I was literally on the fence with it because I said, wow, this guy is great. He's awesome with Eichel. You almost have to pay him. Wow, they've got multiple guys now who can kill you in terms of, like, frontline dudes. And then the other side, I said, uh-oh, if they sign him, is this, like, Billy Leno repeat, you know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, again, coming from another team and a free agent, Skinner already having been a saber for a little while. And look where we are. So it's, I mean, that contract now is an albatross, obviously, because the way he's producing. And one minor thing, I mean, I wanted to ask you this, Brian, at some point during the show, and I guess I'll just squeak it in right now for a quick answer. Do you feel, does Western New York feel, Sabre fans, Bills fans, the Pagoulas obviously screwed up big time hiring Rex Ryan. Sometimes you have to screw up once in order to, you know, before, before you get something right, right? You have to learn how to lose before you, you learn how to win. Same thing goes when you're an owner hiring a GM, GM hiring a head coach, or however the system works, depending on the franchise. Is there a, a distinct feeling now that the Bagoolers are literally so far on the opposite side running the Sabres than they are the Bills based on everything? Knowledge, uh, how much they care about the franchise, mistakes made, uh, I mean, it can't be about experience at this point because look at the bills, right? So are, do people feel that it's that far apart now for those reasons, Brian? I, I think that I was talking about this actually yesterday on post game that okay. if we all remember 10 years ago, Terry Pagula's famous words about, you know, the sole existence for this franchise going forward is to win yeah. the Stanley Cup, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You remember him on the ice with the French connection that first night when he took over? I mean, he had tears. Yes, he, he was so enthralled with being there in that moment. This was his dream. This hockey franchise that he grew up worshiping, attending games as a, as a fan, as a ticket holder. And now he was there with his beloved French connection that night. And, you know, there were tears out of him. And I, I just wonder, is their passion anywhere near to what it was that night? Of course, we, we all get something that's fresh and brand new. Like, we're emotionally attached to it. And after a while, maybe it can get apart from you. The Pagulas have now put their hands in quite a bit of things, including an NFL team, which, let's face it, it's a lot more sexier to, sexier to own an NFL team than it is an NHL team. Uh, there's a lot more prowess. There's a lot more fame. There's a lot more power. And there's quite a bit of more financial uh, you know, prowess that comes with owning an NFL team. 
Do I think maybe at times they've lacked the focus on the hockey franchise, putting in as much effort as the football team? Maybe they have. Uh, they've also gotten – you, you want to give them credit or call it luck or both. They nailed McDermott, giving him power, who in turn then with Brandon Bean has worked as a, an, an impeccable one-two punch now. It's one of the best in the NFL, which is why this team has run very well. Uh, you still have yet to find that magical combination yet. The GM and the coach or the coach and the GM, like it just it hasn't worked since they've been here with the Sabres. And the ability for this GM, like Tim Murray could pretty much do what he wanted and sometimes maybe have even took advantage of the Pagulas in that sense by doing crazy stuff and crazy trades and spending too much money. Uh, and now it's scaled back to me on the other end of the spectrum. Now you have a guy in Kevin Adams that we're all hearing that likely has to answer to Kim Pagula on everything, including how much money he spends and whether or not maybe he can think about a move, which is why I think, you know, when we sit here and discuss about a coaching change, it's, you could easily argue that he should be, that Ralph Kruger should be fired. I mean, look at Montreal made a change just because they were having a few bad weeks. They had felt that they had gotten stale and Claude Julian, who has a great resume as an NHL coach was let go, including a good assistant in Kirk Muller. So now, you know, the Sabres have to look at this and say, well, probably he should be fired, but uh, I got to guess that, He's getting at least the uh, the message across that, look, we can't fire our coach right now for a variety of reasons, and it's too bad. I hope I'm wrong because I think at some point you do need a drastic change, and maybe it is a head coaching change. Maybe it is an Eichel trade. Who knows? Uh, something for this franchise that needs to kind of reset the barometer. It's too bad because we've had three or four resets over the past decade. None of them's worked. We all think maybe another one's coming here at some point soon. Um, the coach seems like the realistic move to make. Uh, the trade of Eichel seems like a drastic move to make, and maybe it'll end up being both by the time that we start next hockey season next fall. I hope not. All right. Well, before I bring up another question I have for you, too, too um, I did – I brought up earlier – I tweeted out this morning that I, I think the Bagulas made one big mistake. And that one big mistake is now led to all this. Darcy Rangier and Lindy Ruff did really well here under very tight ownership uh, through um, – <laughs> just before the uh, by Galasano. I really remember that was really tight ownership. We know that Larry Quinn before that, they did quite well under the ownership of Bettman when there was no owner. And obviously when they, when they first started, they were doing well under Noxus. They were able to keep this thing going. And then they decided to break it down. And uh, Regeer came out and said, Hey, this is going to hurt for a little while. I mean, he basically said, Hey, I'm, I got to do this. And we're thinking, I had no problem with that because we were pretty decent in the rough regular uh, So, but they didn't give him a chance. He just literally said that, started to slow, and they fired him. And firing Regeer and rough, I think, was was the wrong. Where at that time was wrong because he said this is going to get rough for a little. What's we're going to do? And so he gives a job to you know Lafontaine comes in with Nolan. We don't know what happened to Lafontaine. I'm going to go there, and then Murray decided we're going to do his tank, and he did all this, and then as soon as we get Eichel. You know, we make all these crazy trades, which was fun. I mean, yeah, we're getting 80 points a year for two years. Did they quickly two fire? Maybe they uh, fired Murray too quickly. But I think the rough regular thing was right after saying, hey, it's going to hurt for a little while. What happened there? Why why fire him so quickly? So I think that's the big mistake. If they could have got maybe two more years, it would have maybe been a little bit different. Or maybe brought back rough this time instead of bringing in Kruger. But that's just my thought there. Now, my, my, now Brian, especially you, Brian, on this one, because you've been around Sabres a lot more um, and you're, you're there and stuff. 
you hear Kruger say, we have great communication, me and Kevin Adams. Oh, what, what? You talked to Sears agent, what? Uh, no, Jack wasn't hurt in the game. He got hurt in warm-ups. Jack's like, no, I didn't. Um, you know, and we're hearing these things that are like lies. Yeah, it's too bad that right now that the coach, what he says, he has no credibility because of some of the things that he said. Uh, for him to not have any clue about the Kevin Adams things, I mean, that's totally not true. And if it is true, how embarrassing that you would admit that you and the GM don't talk on a regular basis about someone that makes $9 million on your team that is currently the biggest headline in maybe the league at the moment in a negative fashion. So either you're lying, which is embarrassing, or you truly aren't talking with Kevin Adams. Like, okay, that's an unhealthy relationship then. Like, why would you not be talking to him when one of your biggest paid players has his agent call saying that he's upset? So I, you know, if you're asking me which one do I think it really was, I think he just was lying. I think he definitely was talking to Kevin Adams about this, or he definitely knew about this, and he was just trying to deflate it by saying that he didn't know anything about it. I mean, at some point here, you know, Ralph Kruger, he is a guy that likes to throw words around. He's got a little media savviness to him at times, better than Phil Housley did, better than some of these other coaches, um, but it's caught up to him. And the fact that, you know, now he's got his star player – that it was almost ready to answer. He knew he was waiting for the question, it's felt like, that he was ready to uh, kind of refute exactly what Kruger said about being hurt. Like, who knows? Maybe maybe the Eichel-Kruger, you know, beautiful relationship that we all think is happening isn't so rosy after all. Uh, but to me, Kruger, just some of these things that he's done about, oh, well, I'm going to put out lines during warm-ups and then I'm going to change them right before <laughs> Do you really think Peter Laviolette cares where Cody Eakin plays in the lineup? Or Toby Reader plays in the lineup, like no, Lindy Ruff. Do you think he's shaking in his boots here, saying, "Oh, okay, now if you know if if Eakin plays here on this line, this is our strategy tonight." But if they move Shan in here, boy, this is we're going to change everything. Like, please, you know, these NHL coaches, they're laughing at Kruger doing something like this. And you know, even another piece too, like the NHL now is taking money from a major gambling company in FanDuel, like. You, like, I'm sure that this act of coaches trying to be sly about all their stuff about I'm not going to announce goaltenders, I'm going to I'm going to lie about injuries. I think that's going to end pretty quickly. Otherwise, the checks won't be coming to the league anymore because they'll just separate their they'll sever their ties, and the NHL needs the money. So I'm sure at some point we're going to see a little change on this quite soon uh, about how the teams release lineups, how the teams relay information on injuries. Uh, I just can't see that at some point you're going to have enough for the gambling community get upset enough that they've got a lot more power than Ralph Kruger does for sure, especially with the checks that they're writing to the league right now. So I'm guessing that this will change here uh, sooner than later over the next couple of seasons in terms of how we view lineup news and injuries anyway. But for Kruger to do it, it just seems so minor league to me. Yeah. Mike, you've been around sports for a while. Have, can you equate this, what Kruger's done the last in the last week to anything you've ever seen? I mean, it, it's just a First, it's just a, a, a class A example of, of horrendous communication, period. Um, I mean, in recent times, I, I can't I can't remember anything that comes, you know, jumps off the top of my head. I mean, there's been I'm sure if we dive deep and just start looking, you know, up bad circumstances before guys get fired, uh, we would come up with a ton of them, right? There's no question about that. But, like, one thing that's crazy, too, is, like, um, you know, 
when Joe Girardi was manager of the Yankees and they won a World Series in 2009 and then, you know, it was it was kind of he was at the end of his rope and, and everything. The Yankees kind of tried to use some of his in-game tactics and some of the ways he treated the players as another way to get him to get him out. Right. So when Gary Sanchez, when he was calling him lazy uh, or he didn't go out wrongly against Cleveland in the playoffs, you know, when the, the, the ball hit the bat of Chisholm, it should have easily been, you know, it should have easily been a, a strike. And that, that was it. And then Lindor hits the big grand slam. But those things are, are like communication kind of throwing players under the bus. And I, I don't think it's quite what Kruger is doing now because I think in, 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 in a sense, Girardi was actually telling it how it was. I don't even think Ralph Kruger is telling, he's even saying one thing inside the organization of how it is, Brian, right? I mean, I think that's, that, that's what I'm looking at here is even as, as bad as it looks, if a GM or a head coach comes out in the public or, or in the media, I mean, hell, even Russell Wilson coming out and slamming his franchise, he's probably not wrong, but you don't necessarily want to do that with Dan Patrick. Um, it, it does at least like you're telling something that's real, right? Whether it's player, head coach, GM, am I off here? I mean, Kruger, it seems like doesn't even say one thing that's correct. Like I, I, I put you know, Jeff, put it this way. Skinner didn't play cause he ain't producing. I don't care if it's 9 million. I don't care if it's this. He's not playing. We're giving a couple of days off to kind of reset, regroup. I want him to go and, and use his mind a little bit. We're not sending him to the taxi squad. We're not sending him to the A. We're not cutting him. We're not. He just needs a couple of days. He'll be right back in. Two days later, he plays. Nobody says anything because he said something that was factual, right? He, I don't think he said anything that's right here for the fan base to even believe in this guy. One of his attributes when he was hired was that he was the master communicator. That was one thing that not only did they find intriguing, I think, to represent the franchise, because they've had other coaches, Bills and Sabres, that didn't represent the franchise well, um, including like a guy like Rex Ryan. And, you know, Phil Housley had trouble communicating well. That was partially why he was looked on so poorly sometimes as a coach, because he couldn't persuade what you wanted the franchise to be about. Um, so if he is not able to do this, I mean, this is supposed to be one of his – checks in the box on his side and it's really gotten away from him quite a bit and now that we you know you've, you've caught him maybe lying or you're you're starting to see through some of these things that Kruger says um you're starting to poke the holes and all of a sudden you find more negative as you keep continuing to poke more and more to the point where you start to question whether or not this guy should be coaching this team or not and I think that's why it's warranted this week that we're starting to hear about you know should Ralph Kruger still be the coach of this team considering how they're playing right now and, and Ron, one one minute here, if I could, just off of what what Brian just said, and it's been right right here the entire show. It, Go ahead. It's a perfect time to drop it in. Based on all of this with Kruger, and based on the fact that Adams is new, and there's been house clean after house clean after house clean, and then you go up top, and that's obviously Kim and, and Terry Pagula owning both the Sabers and Bills. How many franchises, you know, are, are under the same owner in professional sports? I mean, how, you know, if we did a deep dive, I mean, are the Coyotes and the Cardinals owned by the same team, are, are, are by the same owners? Uh, d d d does Carolina and, you know, the Panthers and the Hurricanes owned by the same people? I know the situation in Washington's had the same owner in, in terms of a learner and company and all the rest. Okay. Detroit and Mark Cuban, right? Uh, right. But I mean, come right. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, yeah, exactly. So, so maybe, maybe, maybe it's just gotten to a point where a decade in, Maybe it's just too much. 
You know, maybe it's like the head coach in the NFL. You are either a head coach or you are not. There's a reason Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator with Tampa. He wasn't an elite head coach. I wouldn't hire him because of the past experiences. Leslie Frazier, uh, you know, Mike Malarkey, Rex Ryan, on and on we go, right? Dick Durant, Jim Schwartz. We can go Adam Gase. We go on and on. Sometimes you're a really good, really, 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 really good uh, offensive or defensive coordinator, and he ain't cut out to be a head coach. I don't know. Maybe owners – Maybe it's one and done, man. Maybe maybe owning two is just catching up with these these two, and they're just too taxed. That could be yeah. a reality here. You know, what about this? What about if Gaza don't own the team, but he had uh, Manning Parker who owned part of the team in Larry Quinn. No, and I don't want Larry Quinn ever back near the city of just team again. But if the Bagulas could find somebody like that, a Manning partner, you know, Nashville has 14 owners. Maybe they could sell a share of the team. And just to surely stay in Buffalo, and then you know, then you know, let this guy do you know that I don't want them selling the team. I don't want to sell the whole team because I wouldn't trust another person not to leave here in 2025 when the, when the uh, the contracts up with the city, the lease, which can be broken. I don't know. I but they, I think they're committed to the city. I think Terry is more the hockey guy, and Kim's probably more the football person. I think personally, I think that I think Terry's a bigger Saber fan. I just I always felt that way. Um, you know, and this has got to be hurting him and killing him inside. And so I think if that's the way you go, might be the best way to go. And anyway, there's this question. Kevin Adams, before the season started, hey, guys, I'll, when he's on GR, said, I will always be here. Could you be calm? I'm always here. Is he still part of this organization? Well, and I'll tell you this, at least from our station standpoint, Paul Hamilton requested twice during past four. week. Oh, four. he said four. Right. He's told yeah. me at least. He at least, we've talked at least twice. Yeah, he said four um, times today. Yeah. I asked, um, with having a pair of weekend games, I asked for Adams to come on the pregame show Saturday or Sunday, whatever was most convenient for him, and just for five minutes, whatever was easiest for him. And uh, both times they said, no, he was not going to be made available. So I, And I'm sure the other media outlets that cover the team on a regular basis have also made the same request. So I think it's a bad look for Adams not to be talking. I'm not saying that – you're going to come out and uh, be able to tell everybody the blueprint plan to fix everything. I, I understand that, but um, fans want to hear from somebody that's representing the team. And I think also too, in this city, fans will stand by you. They're extremely loyal. If you show that you're aware of the pain that they're feeling during this time right now, if Kevin Adams would come out and kind of let the fans know, like, look, here's what I am. And the Pagulas, I'm representing Terry and Kim. Here's what we're feeling right now. That could sometimes spare you some time because I think people in this area are extremely loyal to their teams, even sometimes yeah. to a fault. To a fault. They support them when they maybe even shouldn't be. And I, for them to be silent like that, to me, that's just it's the worst thing. to you, you can't come out when things are good and then just hide when things are bad. It's just it's a not, not a very good look. It also makes Adams look weak. If, if he comes out here – and stands in front of the cameras and takes every single question and has an answer, even if you don't like some of the answers he has to say, but at least he comes out there and looks like he's confident in what he's doing, like he has some ability to make a decision on something. And, you know, you, we can judge him after he speaks, but for him it looks like it's a hide right now. And and unfortunately, we don't even know if this is Adams or this is the Pagulas telling Adams we don't want that. you to talk right now. So that, that's that. the tough thing that we don't even really know. Yep. So to go go hard after Kevin Adams, it might be 
Kim and Terry saying we don't want you talking right now for all we know. That's just that 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 I would put it more on that. Now I don't know Kevin Adams. I don't know Brian or Mike if he's ever actually spoke to him or not. It, is he a good public speaker? I I don't know. I mean, but as a general manager, you have to be. You have to be able to stand up and take the heat and sit down at a table and say, okay, listen, we know we got problems. We're we're trying to work this out. Yeah. Hey, we you know we started in January. You know we had players coming all over from the world. I mean, you come up with every excuse, but at least you're talking, saying we we started off okay. You know we started getting our our groove going, and then you know Jack's been a little banged up, but Reinhardt's having the best start of his career, and you know. But then we had that two week break, and you know Risto was sick, and a lot of more of our guys are not just feeling great right now. Say it, <laughs> say it. We'll sit there and say that's yeah, an excuse, but because every team's going through it. But man, to just not talk. That's really rough. I mean, Goodbottero was on GR every week. Um, I had Brandon Bean's wife on my show. I mean, you know, I don't know. Kevin Adams married. I, I'll, I'll go find out. I mean, you know, it, it's it's like, it's, 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 you know, it's like, it's almost like, well, no fans can come anyway, so we don't really care how they look. I mean, imagine if this was a regular season where you fill out that building. How many people do you think would really be going there right now? Probably 10,000 because, like you said, that's what we do. But, you know, or maybe sell out for a little while. But it's almost like there's no fans going to the building, so we really don't care. I never thought about that till just now. Huh. I don't know. Any closing words from you guys? Anything I to just, add? I just wanted to say thanks for having me. It was good to do a roundtable with you guys. Um, I just don't – I don't know what else to think besides negativity with, with the franchise. They've gotten us to the point where – I, I, I'm done with this, the hope thing. I'm done with the opportunities there. I'm done with, well, if they win these two of three, if they, whatever the circumstances, I'm just, I'm done with it. Um, you know, it, it's about results now. And as I said, the old bills are the Sabres currently. It's that simple. Losing is a habit. Losing is a habit for the Sabres. Winning is a habit. Winning has become a habit for the bills. Complete opposites in the same time. Yeah, we got a quick comment here. If either want to talk, and the Sabers won't do well as long as Kim Bigel is president. I want to just—I'll say something about that. People don't remember Ted Black was president here, but he really didn't have anything to do with the hockey operations as the player side was. So I think Kim is title only. I mean, I don't think she's up there talking trades, you know, with Kevin. Hey, when we school, I just can't believe that. I think she's title only because she's president of the Bills too, right? I mean, you know, Brian, maybe you know better, but I just think it's title only. Yeah. I don't as think long as, a, as long as Kevin, as long as Kevin Adams, they believe, is the smartest hockey man in the building, then he can be in charge. And you know, if there's someone that they think is smarter, well, then he should be the general manager. Uh, I just, I don't think the the title. Sometimes I know people are, well, should he be the director of hockey operations? Should he be the team president? Should he be the G like, whoever's making the decisions should be your smartest guy. And if I hope. To their for their sake that it's Kevin Adams right now because they've got him in the most powerful position. Yes, Kim Pagula technically is labeled president, but I, I would agree with you in terms of the hockey decisions. Let's just hope Kevin Adams is making the right decisions. But um, yeah, yeah, Kevin Adams does have. People say he came with zero experience. That's not 100 percent true. I mean, he's been around a team for a while, so he knows what they want. He was going to board of governor meetings in place of Kim Pagula when uh, Bado couldn't go, so he was getting himself involved. He knows people around the league, but you know, just. The experience thing sometimes a little bit overplayed for me. It's like, you know, people say, well, we, keep, we should bring uh, Boudreaux in or Gillan. Well, they're not working right now for a reason. And it doesn't mean that they'll work, make it work here. Scotty Bowman won a cup everywhere he went, but here. And, you know, 
he took to the Blues in the finals the first three years he was a coach there. So it's it's not going to be that easy. I think it's gonna this is gonna get ugly. I don't think Kruger lasts much longer. I really don't. I don't think I he can't last much. To say I think the, the Ghouls are gonna have to save some kind of face here and you know take the money they made today by selling seven one six and the restaurant and say boom, you know we're gonna you know let let him go and because originally I thought he was gonna be moving upstairs, but. I don't think he has a clue. I just don't think he has a clue because the Skinner debacle that started that and now the lying. I mean, I'd love to see Terry Bula come out and just say, yeah, we didn't expect this horse crap. So, no, he, he's gone. And You can't bring in a Gallant and Brudrow now because they'd have to be here for a while then. Those ain't guys you'd fire after a year. I wouldn't even know, have no idea who they would bring in as coach. So, uh, Bill's Believe It Talk, yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if you guys have an idea. So maybe we'll just go to the end of the year. I don't know. But, man, it's going to get ugly. No one's going to watch. I don't know. So, all right, guys. Anything else real quick? Any, no, any that's hope? it for me, Ron. I got to go. But thanks for all having right. me, guys. Brian, Ron, again, continued yep. success. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Yeah, Thank Brian, you guys. any Great hope here at all? Any hope here at all for us? No. It's, this season's the, over, the hope, right? The hope is that they win the lottery. There you go. <laughs> I say trade that pick. Trade them. Trade pick. Bring somebody else in there. Everybody, this has been the Ranting Ron Show. State of the Sabres. Trash uh, discussion. Uh, tomorrow I'll be on with Joe Yurden and Josh Reed to talk uh, part two of the same segment. Gentlemen, thank you for being on. Hope you come on again. Go Buffalo. Mm-hmm.